0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, tonight we pray for a heavy and powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit move into service and let the Holy Ghost change every heart and every mind that hears this message. And Lord, let us never be the same again after hearing the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated around the church tonight. Let's start. In John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 12 where it says, "But as many as received him, To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Let's move ahead a couple of pages. John chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 3 and 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I want us to keep these verses in the back of your mind. As we go through this message tonight, Acts chapter 10, let's set the stage while you're getting there, Acts chapter 10, we know from what we read in the New Testament that Cornelius is definitely a Gentile. Cornelius, in all likelihood, being a Roman soldier, a centurion, did not live in the Holy Land until the Romans stationed him there with the 100 troops he was in charge of. So to say the man followed the Old Testament law or anything like that, there is nothing In the New Testament, there is nothing in Acts 10 that indicates this whatsoever. What we have here is what the Bible describes. Chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian Band a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. We're going to define Cornelius tonight as a good guy. If Cornelius lived in our neighborhood, we would want him to be our neighbor. We would be okay with him babysitting the kids. We would be okay with him being the head of the neighborhood watch. We would be okay with him even being a member in most churches. Yet the following three facts are true about Cornelius. And we need to keep this in mind as we begin to go through this message. One, he has not heard about Jesus. Two, even though this is a man who, what, prayed and lived a devout life, this is a man who is still in his sins. And number three, the old man that Paul talks about is alive and well inside of him. Now, the lifestyle that Cornelius led was a good lifestyle. It's the lifestyle, honestly, that any society would love to have. He was devout. He prayed. He gave to the poor. He gave to those in need. This is, by every definition, a good man. But understand something. In the spiritual, there is none good. No, not one. Words of the Apostle Paul. There is none that does good. So this man, even though he is devout, even though he gives of his money and his time, even though he prays, this man is not yet a Christian. He has not had an encounter with Jesus. He is still in his sins. He is still having the old man living inside of him. Now, this man, Cornelius, he was praying to the Lord. Later in the chapter, it will describe him as fasting. So this man, he was looking for something, but he had not yet found it. He was seeking after righteousness. He was seeking after God. But on his own he was not finding any answers. It was in this time of prayer and fasting that the angel came to him. And to make a long story short, the first thing he said was what? Your prayers and your alms have come to up for a memorial before God. And trust me, The fact that we even know the name Cornelius definitely is a sign that God was answering his prayers. But how did God answer his prayers? It wasn't to tell him to go to the local synagogue and convert to Judaism. It was a much simpler message. Bring Peter to your house. He's in Joppa. He's in the house of Simon the Tanner. Go find Peter. That is what he was told. Why? Understand this point. An angel can lead you to a minister. But an angel cannot preach the gospel. The gospel... That has been given to us as believers in Jesus. It is our responsibility to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. All the angel could do was tell Cornelius, go bring Peter to this house. Bring Peter from Joppa to Caesarea and that's what happened. Day 1 Cornelius sends the order day 2 his men make the trip. Day 3 they make the return trip. Day 4 we're ready for this big moment. Now keep in mind that when Peter enters into the house 1 Cornelius is still lost in his sins He does not know anything about Jesus. And the old man is still alive inside of him. Peter, when he arrives, the first thing he said was this. Well, first thing, Cornelius fell down on his knees and he began to worship Peter. Peter said, Get up, I am a man just like you. Why was Cornelius on his knees to Peter? Because the answers that Cornelius was looking for, Peter had. Cornelius, he was seeking God, he was looking for answers. To his righteousness, and when Peter comes in, he knows this is the man with the answers. Peter gets him up, says, "Other man, don't worship me." Then he says that I would not have been here had I followed the Old Testament law, but I was told that with God there is nothing unclean or uncommon. What the Lord was giving into Peter was not just the concept of salvation, but the concept of the new birth. The change what Peter saw in the visions from unclean to clean. He is seeing. What is going to happen. The change. In this man's life. Now at this point. It's a theory. In the mind of Peter. He then asked. Why am I here? That's why I said it was a the theory. Peter has no clue. Why. He was there. Cornelius tells the story about how he saw the angel, and the angel in turn told him to bring Peter to his house. In chapter 10, in verse 33, Immediately therefore I send unto thee, And you have done well that you are come. Now therefore we are all here present before God. To hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Let's read that last line again. Now therefore we are all here present before God. To hear all things. Things that are commanded thee of God. At this point, Cornelius is saying, God has given you something to say. Say it. What has Peter been given? The gospel message. Now, He is to deliver what God gave to him. We touched on this a little last night. Peter was given. Now he is given. Peter was given the word of God. And now he must give this gospel message to Cornelius. It's at this moment where Peter says... Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Now, at this point, as we mentioned in verse 28, I should call no man common or unclean. Theory. Why am I here? Theory. Now, it's revelation. Now, Peter understands why... He's here. He's there to preach what God had given to him, to Cornelius and his household. He knew at this point what the result is going to be. Let's look at verse 35. But in every nation, he that fears him, those who believe in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection... They will what? Work righteousness. is accepted with him. So, those who fear God. Those who believe in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. They're the ones who will become new creatures in Christ. They're the ones who whose sins will be forgiven. They're the ones who are going to know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. They will be working or acting on righteousness, which means they will be following the leading and the guiding of the Spirit. Are we still here? So here is Peter. What is his message? The Gospel message. He now knows that this message is for Cornelius. That Cornelius can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That Cornelius could have his sins forgiven. That Cornelius could experience the new birth. And that Cornelius could live a new life in Christ. Peter responds, he preaches a very, Short message. Verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel. Preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. This word I say you know. Which was published throughout all Judea. And began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed Him openly, not to all people but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with Him after He rose from the dead. And He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is He which was ordained of God To be the judge of the quick and dead. Verse 43. To him give all the prophets witness. That through his name. Whosoever believes in him. Shall receive remission of sins. This is what God commanded Peter to say. If you're looking for For a nutshell version of the gospel, this is it. From verse 36 to verse 43. A very short message. But the Holy Ghost can take short and make it last through all eternity. Cornelius hears the message. Now, what did we say? Before Peter arrived in the house, Cornelius did not know about Jesus. Now I know it said that ye know, which was published throughout all Judea. As a Roman centurion, he has probably read reports about Jesus. But he does not know him as Savior and Lord. So at this point, does he know Jesus when Peter walked through the house? No. As we said, he is still in his sins. The old man is alive inside of him. Even though this is a good guy by every definition of the word. He is not righteous In the sight of God. His life is not righteous. Because he does not believe in Jesus. Because he is still in his sin. And the old man is still alive. The proof. His lifestyle. He tries his best. But obviously. Not there yet. Now Peter. Preaches. The gospel. What God. Commanded him to say. There is a big line between verse 43 and 44. If we had a pen and a chalkboard, I would draw a line in between verse 43 and 44 because this is a clear division in the text. Prior to verse 44, But right after verse 43, Cornelius has heard the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is the first thing someone receives? Even Cornelius said it. What? To hear the things that are commanded of thee. The Word of God. He hears the Word. He believes in his heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The first thing we receive is what? The Word of God. And it leads to faith, In Jesus. So he has received the word. He gives his faith to Jesus. Are we together on this? He receives the word. He gives his faith to Jesus and his life to Jesus. Now Cornelius will receive two things that will alter his life. The first one is the last line of verse 43. Receive remission of sins. Cornelius was a good guy before Peter walked in the room. By every natural definition of the word good guy. But he was still not right with God. But now... Hearing the Gospel. Believing in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. Believing in Jesus. Receiving the Gospel. Believing in Jesus. He receives what? Remission or complete pardon of sin. When one hears the Gospel and believes in the gospel. First we receive the word, then we give faith. Then what? The Father and the Son gives remission or complete pardon of sin. The word is given. We believe. It is our acting on what we receive. Now what? Remission of sin. At this point, for the first time, Cornelius is completely forgiven. Yes, in verses 1 and 2, Cornelius is a devout guy who gives a lot of many and praise. But it was not until he believed in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, the gospel, that his sins were gone. Are we together on this? Number two. The old man died. The new man came to life. What we saw in the Gospel of John, you must be born again. When Peter entered into the house, the old man was alive inside of Cornelius. But now, after believing in the gospel message, what does Cornelius receive? He receives the death of the old and the coming of life, the new, with the infilling of the Holy Ghost, becoming a new man in Christ. Cornelius, as we said, Devout, gives, prays. But in verses 1 and 2, the old man is still alive. It wasn't until he heard and believed about Jesus that the old man died and the new man came to life. The change in Cornelius' life did not happen because he was a good guy, even though he was, by earthly, natural definition, a good guy. The change happened when he heard and then believed in the Word of God. And then what could happen from that point on? What did we see? works righteousness as in following, the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, and living a spirit led life. Are we together on this? Now, what happens? Cornelius, in between verse 43 and 44, believes in Jesus. He believes, In the Christ. The cross. The resurrection. What happens next? The baptism. In the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost fell on them. Which what? Heard the word. The Holy Ghost. Is going to move on whom? Those. Who hear. The word. The gospel message. Now this. This is a rare occasion. Cornelius, his family and friends, baptized with the Holy Ghost. Why is this important? Because the Jews in the room, who were of the mind, that remission of sins were for the Jews. That the new birth was for the Jews. That Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, was for the Jews. They needed to know beyond 100% that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God for all men. That Jesus is the one who pardons sin for all men. And that all men who believe in the gospel message, they will receive the new birth. To them which believe, they will receive what? The new birth. That's what we saw in John chapter 1. This happened when they believed. The baptism of the Holy Ghost on this day, beside empowering Cornelius and the rest of the new believers with Holy Ghost power, it was a sign to the Jews in the room that the gospel message was for all. That Jesus was for all. That remission of sins was for all. And that the new birth is for all. Now this was a hard point for the Jews to understand. Peter has to give an account of this in Acts 11, in Acts 15, he has to bring this up one more time that Cornelius, a Gentile, was not required to follow the Old Testament law in order to be saved. He was saved because he believed in the Christ across the resurrection. Now, let's start to apply this in the here and now. There are two groups of people that we're going to be dealing with here. One, the ones that society calls, well, dirty, rotten sinners. They're the ones with all the problems, and I don't need to describe every single one of them, because you know what I'm talking about. These are the ones that everyone says they're sinners, and there's no hope for them at their loss. Well, I can tell you that Jesus will save when they hear the gospel message and when the Spirit moves and when they believe in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection, they will change. Their sins will be forgiven. They will become new creatures in Christ. These will change. But then... There is another group. The ones that we tend to deal with on an everyday basis. These are the ones that we would say they're a good person. They're the ones who are trying their best to live a good life. They're the ones if you look at their family, they're the ones who are loyal and faithful to their wife. They're the ones who quietly go about their day just working and thinking that they are doing enough on their own to please God. So many in this society falls into this category. Yet some things link up with Cornelius. That links up with their lives. Starting with, they might know who Jesus is in the historical sense. As in a guy mentioned occasionally in a world history class as a guy mentioned every once in a while on cable television or in an old movie. But knowing him as the Christ, the Son of the living God, no. They have no clue who that is. They also think that they can get to the Father on their own. Now, understanding what Jesus said that the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ our Lord they think that they're living a good life not understanding what the Apostle Paul said there is none righteous no not one none one sin is enough to create a sin record and a debt That would need to be repaid. They also do not realize that there is something called the old man inside of them and they must be born again. Yet, if you ask them, they would say that they're in good shape to get to heaven because they've lived a good life. Yet, they have not made any decision about Jesus. They are still. In their sin, because there is none righteous on their own, no, not one. And the old man is still alive inside of them. They think they've got it made. And in a way, they're tougher to deal with than those who we would put in the sinner category. At least. Those in the sinner category are definition. At least they realize they are sinners. A lot of the people we're talking about, they're like Cornelius. We would say they're a good person. But something's missing. And that something is Jesus. What we need to do as a church is understand that regardless of what a person looks like, if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are in their sins and the old man is alive and well inside of them. They might seem like nice and decent people. And in the natural, they are. But the simple fact of the matter is that they're lost. Now, the job of the church, we're in the Peter situation here. Peter was called to minister. Not to a guy like Saul of Tarsus, who everyone knew was a bad person. He was called to minister to someone everyone considered a good person. And as a minister, with the help of the Holy Ghost, he preached the word to them we need to realize that every person who is not a believer in Jesus is on the road to hell with the old sin man alive inside of him. And we have the only answer To their problem. What did Cornelius say? He said, To tell us what God has commanded to tell you. And then Peter preached the gospel. What is the command of the Lord to us tonight? The command not just of the Lord. But to those souls who are outside the church, those who are watching even tonight, the command of the Lord is this. Their command is this. Tell them what God gave you to say. And what did He give us to say? The gospel message. Now, when we preach the Gospel, the Holy Spirit will break through the defenses. Notice in the message that Peter did not once condemn Cornelius. He just preached Jesus. It is a key point. He just stuck to the simple gospel. It was the Holy Spirit who did the rest. It was the Holy Spirit who cut through the defenses of Cornelius. I'm a good man. I don't need anything. It was the Holy Spirit that cut through the defenses of everyone in the room to let them know that they could change If they believe in the gospel message. What are we commanded to do? We are commanded to teach Jesus. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. When they hear the gospel, what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit will convict them of sin. They will receive the Word. They will believe in the Word. And then what? Confession with the mouth. Belief in the heart. A change. Their sins are gone. The new man not alive inside of them. Believers in Jesus tonight. Our job is to preach? Well, we have been commanded by God to preach. The gospel message. We want to see people born again. We want to see sins forgiven. That's the message. We give this message to all. To those whom the world say is bad, but also to those whom the world say is good. Because all needs to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that begins with us. How shall they hear without a preacher? We are called to preach. And when we answer this call, we will seek, Souls changed. And a radical change. Just like Cornelius had. Let's stand across the church tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for... your.